The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for all the energy that you bring to our show. I I just um, appreciate, you know, all of you who participate in our show, call in on our show. We welcome call-ins. We'd love to have more of those. We do value the fact that you share on social media who we are and the people that we represent. Well, we're certainly representing a a real major player uh, on the universe today. His name is Lee Harris, and his specialty is energy. He is an energy intuitive and a transformation guide, and he offers insight and support to people that are healers and revealers out there on the planet. Lee, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So one of the things I always like to delve into is how did you get on this journey? Is it something that you've known since childhood? Did you have major insight or awakenings? Um, What's your story, the story behind the story, one would say? Yeah, so um, I, I really began to wake up, as it were, when I was 16, 17 years old. Um, I definitely was a creative child, and I, I now look back and see that I was a very sensitive uh, and intuitive child. But because I didn't understand that at the time, um, my way of dealing with that was to be destructive towards myself, as is the case with many, many of us in the world who identify in this way. Um, so I, I developed um, eating disorders pretty early on. I was taken to Weight Watchers age 10, um, and then I was in and out of different diet clinics all through my teens. Um, and by the age of 16, I started to lose what went on to be 60 pounds by the time I was 18. And during that period, it's like a light bulb went off for me and I could breathe. And I think up until then, I was struggling to find the oxygen um, in, in life, uh, in my life. And um, that set me on a journey where I, I went to many different workshops, um, healing sessions. I really started looking into metaphysics and something about that felt so true to me and so like a piece of my life that had been missing, um, which culminated at the age of 23 in hearing the voice of my guides, uh, which wasn't something I was looking for, um, even though I thought it was kind of cool when I heard that some people could hear their guides. I, 
I was very self-growth focused, but I wasn't necessarily assuming that would happen to me, but it did. And that was 20 years ago now. Oh, wow. And did you immediately just step into it from a place of skepticism uh, to, okay, I can, I can do this? Did, was there any resistance there or you just felt that you had already, My, you know, dealt with things in your childhood and things like that and you, it was just, you were just ready to go? I think it took me a while to really believe what was going on. And certainly at the beginning, you know, you do, you, you think, am I schizophrenic? Is this just my, my mind has created this idea? But you, you know what? I kind of, in the end, I just had to surrender because the one thing that would happen was when I spoke to my guides and when I listened to them, the things they told me were things I couldn't, I just couldn't know. And it was beyond knowing, too. It was it was the way they would make me feel. So, for example, you know, I would say to them, what is Jonathan's problem? He and I are really like, you know, going at it right now. And I'm, I'm sure it's his problem. And this is, you know, this is just him being stupid. <laughs> they would say, oh, no, <laughs> it's not his problem at all. Here's what you're reacting to. Here's why you're reacting. And as soon as I would get that information, my whole body would relax. So... It wasn't just mental information. It was, I think that would never have satisfied me. It was that the information that they gave me about my life and the questions I was asking about the world at large were expanding both me personally and also my perception of what the universe, what, what the universe is and was. And um, the, the one skepticism that I did have actually happened about a year before. A friend took me to see a channeler and I remember I really liked this man. I met him and his wife before I went into the room for the channel session. He seemed lovely. And then he sat down and he closed his eyes and he started channeling. And he gave me some messages and then I got to ask him some questions. And I was very grateful to be given the gift of the session. But I remember coming away and thinking, why did he have to pretend he was channeling? You know, why did he have to close his eyes and why did his voice change? He's clearly just an intuitive man. Why, why does he have to do that? So, you know, even I, with my openness, had some skepticism. And now <laughs> I completely have egg on my face because the same thing, the same thing is true of, of me. And, and I would say the biggest resistance I had, Temple, was people's perceptions. Like the last thing I wanted to do was be seen as weird to have this ability that I had to separate me from others or to have people have a stigma about me that they, they wouldn't have had about me as a person if we were just, you know, chatting over coffee about something. So I would say my biggest hurdle was uh, being willing to stand for this and, and be able to um, not be rocked off my own center by noticing other people might have strange reactions to me because of what I was doing. That's a that's an absolute um, big one. It it really is, and it um, unfortunately, you know, stops so many people before they ever they ever get started. I I know um, a, a very not exactly the same, but somewhat similar is just because of my upbringing and feeling so different and being different spiritually and and sexually and a real deep rooted. Uh, traditional Christian kind of environment. Um, I think that sense of belonging, you know, weighed very strong 
and probably you as a little boy being overweight, well, kids aren't kind, you know, and I got bullied a lot, you know, growing up from being so different and saying weird things like ancient wisdom or, you know, whatever. And, and so that, I think that sense of belonging for me has, has been a part of that path, but it, it's interesting that we live long enough and we see the value long enough that we, we, we eventually, we get totally clear, like I'm not destined to belong and I'll always be different. And it's actually a joy, you know? And so now what used to be emotionally um, or chronically painful uh, is actually now some of my deepest pleasures. And I, I see that you have um, a video on the end of people pleasing. And I thought, I think everybody needs a copy of that <laughs> on the planet <laughs> because that prevents so many conversations that never happen. It it eliminates so many gifted people from ever moving forward. Um, it's because they're stopped by the need or permission from others that, you know, it's like we used to say the joke is, is that there's times people are sad because someone doesn't like them when they don't even like them. You know, you know what I mean? But it is, it's such a thing in our society of um, not wanting to, to be perceived weird. Whereas now it's like, I think, well, if I'm not pushing buttons on occasion or if people aren't talking about me, I'm, I'm just being complacent, you know? I love it. I love it. I love everything you said. It's so true. And, I don't know about you, but I definitely, you know, I, I, I firmly believe without question that we're all here to continually learn lessons. And that doesn't mean there isn't joy and that doesn't mean, you know, that there can't be breakthroughs. But I do believe that if you're alive on the planet, and my guides back this up, we're growing all the time. And I know one of my growth edges was um, fear of um, public perception. And so the funniest thing for me was I, re- I really wanted to go into music and um, be a singer-songwriter at that, at that time. And um, interestingly enough, this, this work just uh, became a, a real, if you like, success. People came to me for readings. They kept coming. So I didn't really have any choice because I loved serving people with this work. And it was snowballing. Um, but at the same time, I, I thought I was going to go in this other direction. So I feel like the gift of the work that I've done for me personally has been very much learning to stand in my own power and my own truth around everything that you just said. When did the book come about? Is that is that something you set out to do or... Yeah, it's it, well, it's a good question, actually. No, I was supposed to do a different book. Um, and in 2015, I was working on that book with the editor of this book, and it was going to be something in my voice. It had a different title. Um, who knows, it may still appear at some point. But it just, it wasn't quite flowing. And then I went on this tour in 2016. Um, I did 48 different dates. I think it was seven countries. And wherever I went, people would talk to me about these channeled books that I had self-published. Um, they were much smaller than this book. Um, and, and people would say, I read it every night. I flip open a page. It really helps me. So I kind of just spoke to my editor and I said, I wonder if we should be 
doing a channeled book and maybe that's what we're supposed to do and 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 as soon as we started that everything just started flowing the publisher new world library who are fantastic i was so thrilled when they wanted to um take it for us and be the people who represent it because they're just such a great great publisher and have such a good ethos so um yeah that that was how the book came about so it's ironically the book has been 15 years in the making and three years in the creation because we started it in 2016 but it spans a lot of channeled material from the last decade so your your channeling information and insights um there i mean the book is energy speaks for those of you tuning in um, messages from spirit on living loving and awakening and you can go to lee harris energy.com to his website to access it you can also listen to a full video done by regina meredith that kind of gives you an overview of the book it's 70 minutes so it must be pretty thorough um, with what you did so you just um you start receiving just messages of of insight would you say that it's uh, tibetan wisdom or um ancient wisdom that's coming through are there uh, are there any predictions or is it, it related to um, developing an, a strong inner self within a human being? Or is it all of that? Well, I really love, I think the strong inner self within a human being, definitely. I think that's, that's kind of what the Zs help build. But I would say what they do, there is some prediction, but what they tend to do is give an energetic overview of what's happening in these various areas. So all of these um, channels were actually, with the exception of one chapter, they were all delivered to groups. So they were all delivered live, um, verbally. And then we have spent quite a bit of time really um, editing. And um, in some cases, I was able to channel in some extra pieces for the book that suited the chapters. But the chapters are things like sex and sexual energy. You know, how does that show up in our lives? And my guides say that that is active all of the time as an energy field. We often think of the act of sex, you know, the physical act of sex with another person or with ourselves. And what they say is that that sexual energy is, is running through life all the time. And so that's one chapter. And then another chapter is sleep. What happens to us when we're asleep? How we can use sleep as a healing state? There are chapters on abundance. There's one called loving money. There's one called The Art of Receiving Relationships. So we really tried to choose this wide span from the last decade of topics that people had called forward in workshop rooms all over the world. Um, and 90% of the book is channeled material. And that, that interview with Regina that you mentioned, the day the book came out, we actually did that as a live broadcast. Um, and we we sat together and she interviewed me for about 30 minutes. Then she interviewed my guide's disease for about 40 minutes. So if anybody's curious either about the book or they would just like to watch that free video, you can go to my website and um, you'll see it right there on the homepage. You can access it. And your guides are called disease. Yes, they are, because the names they gave me all began with Z. So I first met them, although they, they were humorous about it, because they said, I said, do you have a name? And they were like, well, we don't have names in the way that you have names. They said, but we know that humans need names. 
so they said my name would be in your kind of in your world Zachary so Zachary was the first one that appeared and then later on I met two who identified they said even though it's not quite the same as male and female on the planet here um, they said that we're more feminine energy so Zachariah and Zayadora so for many years they would all differentiate and you know depending on the topic I would know whether it was Zachary speaking, Zachariah speaking, Zyadora speaking. And then around about 2014, they said it's been useful to separate out for this period of time. But now it's important, especially as the masculine and feminine are unifying on Earth and need to, that we speak again as a collective group. So it was actually people who followed my work who would refer to them as the Z's. Um, so that just kind of stuck. So now I call them disease too. <laughs> I love that. That's powerful. It's just, I, I love your story. It's just, and I love that it's in mainstream and, um, and what you're able to, to do with it and what you're able to accomplish. It's just really, really impressive. Um, delving into the aspect of what they say about sleep would you like to talk about some of these components as as to give a, a sense of the kind of things that people could expect in their book and i'm just genuinely yes. curious about the aspect of sleep as well yeah i was very surprised at that one um so there, i'll kind of share with you because in every chapter there seem to be about 12 concepts um, or, or sometimes more but there are usually like three or four that always kind of hit me between the eyes each time I channel that, that are very new to me and the things that hit me with sleep were they said that basically when we go to sleep it's a little like dying they said it uh, you know they, they, there is actually a quote from them where they say the only difference between uh, a sleeping person and a corpse is a pulse in terms of our soul returns to a different plane of consciousness. And they say that we're actually working when we're sleeping and that sometimes sleep is a place where we can go through things so that we don't need to play them out on the earth plane. Meaning you might have a nightmare and wake up and go, oh my God, that was awful. I was in so much fear. But they, they would say, don't say it was awful because you don't know what fear you saved yourself in your daily life by processing it through your sleep. And the other thing they talk about is creating sleep remedies for yourself. So before you go to sleep at night, let's say you've had a very stressful day and you identify, you're like, wow, I really didn't feel much peace today. And I know that's not good for my nervous system. And I know that that's not how I want to be. So before you go to sleep, they, they give this process through which you can create a sleep remedy. And just a very simple example of it would be that you literally say, I wish to experience peace and a reset around peace in my body while I sleep tonight. I wish to have a more peaceful day tomorrow. And if you set that in motion, it will actually consciously direct what happens for you in your sleep. Um, and then the other surprising thing that they said, um, because I, you know, I really love people who study dreams and uh, use dreams as part of their spiritual practice, and I really think that's fantastic. But they also said, if you're worried that you don't remember your dreams, stop worrying. They said, you're saving your mind some space. And they said, you don't need to always remember your dreams, but trust that a lot is happening to you when you lie down and when you reset your soul overnight. That's beautiful. 
And, and there, I think that's another part of it, isn't it? Is that often, um, I've heard people through the years feel that they've languaged it, you know, sleep is such a waste of time, but I, I love the way you're articulating it. It's really just a continuation of life. It's just that it's showing up in a different form. I, I love that you bring that up because I don't know about you. You know, I'm like many people in the world these days. I'm an entrepreneur, meaning I work for myself. And, you know, I have a I have a team who work with me. So I'm very grateful that that's my job. But I, I do see a lot of videos out there, especially on social media now, where, you know, entrepreneurs are telling other entrepreneurs, if you get up at 5 a.m., you can be more productive and you can get more done. And, and, and I totally value that for some people that's a real truth and that maybe is the motivation they need. I'm the opposite. I mean, it's not that I, I do get a lot done, but I also really value, you know, trying, I, I try and get about nine hours sleep a night. So I actually go to bed about 9.30 um, and I try and be asleep by about 10 so that I can get up at seven and then I go and work out and then I start my day because I'm, I actually don't believe in sleep deprivation for work or, or certainly that doesn't work for me. We're all so different. And um, I believe that sleep is such a powerful place that it's part of our journey here too. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me either. I have, um, having been a person that you know for early years of not really taking care of myself, even though my name was Temple, somehow I still miss that clue, mm. <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I. But then to be um, sober this year will be thirty-two years. So. Um, most oh, of my adult, most of my adult life, and having this sense of the need and the value to to really honor uh, my being and to uh, rest. And I'm sure, like you, I mean, I go full throttle, you know, in the day and into the night. But yeah. then I'm like, no, I I'm really about you know the the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual of 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 that whole balance of taking care of myself. And I mean, I've literally seen people that are sleep deprived and they, they go to programs about having, um, ADHD and it's like, mm. and I've, I've said to some of them that would be interested in what I have to say, you know, you're sleep deprived. I mean, anybody that goes, you know, day after day after day on four and five hours sleep, yes, you're going to forget your credit card at the grocery store. And yes, you won't remember where your phone is. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the common yeah. sense around that. So I'm with you on that one. We're on the same page. Um, and I, I don't I don't live in a place of a, a soul revolution or revelation that says, the more hours a day I have to give on something, the more accomplished I'm going to be. I know that that's a big um, fad of the uh, self-help movement and or the, you know, the how to get the quickest track of success. And I think, yes, I agree with you. I think there's, you know, people that maybe they feel like they need that kind of drill sergeant kind of structure, but not everybody works from that realm. And ultimately... I mean, my sense tells me that what your soul is going to fulfill, it's going to do it. I mean, definitely to be intended, definitely to be open like you were like, okay, I didn't think I was going to be doing this book, but now I am. There's flexibility in that. But ultimately, I, I don't think, 
making ourselves pay a price gives us a newer price, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> I I know completely. And I and I, I really hope and I feel this will happen. Um I hope that in all arenas in the coming decade whether it's people who are trying to follow spiritual rules that aren't right for them or entrepreneurial rules that aren't right for them or health rules, that we start to see a different paradigm on earth where everybody starts to understand it isn't one size fits all. Nothing is. You know, for some people, this way of eating works. For another person, getting up at 5 a.m. works where, you know, it. I think we, we still have a little bit of a habit in our, in our world, whether it's religion or spirituality or people giving self-improvement tips, where sometimes the person giving the tip is giving it because it worked for them, but they're not necessarily acknowledging or aware that you know, they're, they're constructed a certain way for a certain reason. And I've seen so many people, and I definitely did this myself in my 20s, beat themselves up because they can't adopt a certain spiritual rule the way that their friend can. You know, and I've, I've always said, well, then it isn't for you. <laughs> you, know, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think mm-hmm. we, we actually are here to uncover ourselves from the inside out as much as the outside in. And I can sit here and say that now at the age of 43 as someone who was desperately trying to, you know, uncover who I was internally from everything external for a long, long, long time. So, um, yeah, I think those rules uh, can be challenging. And I think listening to yourself uh, when you adopt a rule or an, in, an invitation to try something a different way has got to be key every time. You've got to see how you respond to it. And if it isn't working for you, move on and try something else. And that's why um, your video on healing the need to please people is so crucial. Because until a person is comfortable with being original, they're thinking that something's wrong with them because they can't do it, you know, a certain way. I I know many a colleague, having been a spiritual leader for 30 years, um, many a time I've thought in the early days, you know, gosh, I, the rest of the world is off on Saturday and I'm working, you know, because I'm getting ready for tomorrow. And I'd have people come along the way and say, well, why don't you do your talk on Monday? Or, you know, why don't you do it on Saturday, uh, on Thursday? And two or three times I attempted to do that. But then Saturday came and I didn't even feel like doing that on Sunday. So not only did I spend yeah. my time doing it on Monday or Thursday, but then now I'm doing it on Saturday and I'm kind of rewriting or rethinking, you know, even the direction. I feel like I'm an entirely different um, person with something entirely different to say. So it's about like you're saying, the bottom line is there isn't a one size fits all. And it's about Mm -hmm. really honoring your own process, because that's where that's where the the richness is. And those of you that are just tuning in, I'm talking today with the one and only Lee Harris. And he comes to us as a globally acclaimed intuitive messenger. And you can go to his website, LeeHarrisEnergy.com. Check out what he's doing to follow through and honor his work and his new book is one of those must-haves I have. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Iyanla Van Zandt, taken from a Celebrate Your Life event in Phoenix, Arizona. The universe is not going to wait for you. And if you keep talking yourself out of what you're told to do because of your negative self-talk or the crazy you inherited, somebody else is going to pick up on the idea. How many times have you been told to do something and you start figuring out the how? But the philosopher Nietzsche told us if you've got a strong enough what, the how will be provided. The way you do the things that the universe is calling you to do is don't ask how. When you get the instruction, just start moving. Everything else will show up for you. To find a Celebrate Your Life event near you, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. your copy of Unity Magazine this month and deepen your spiritual journey. Pastor Nadia Boltzweber talks about the need to make a holy shift. Carolyn Mace gets gutsy with God. Justine Willis-Toms dives into new dimensions. And Alberto Violdo shares an excerpt from his new book, Heart of the Shaman. Subscribe for one year and save $5 off the cover price and get the digital edition free. Go to unitymagazine.org and get a free trial issue today. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Discover what your dreams are trying to tell you. Join dream expert, best-selling author, and hypnotherapist Kelly Sullivan Walden for Ask Dr. Dream every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central. Kelly will awaken you to the wisdom of your dreaming mind with expert interpretation as well as introduce you to fascinating guests. Each week, you'll get information you can use to help make decisions and gain greater self-awareness. Join the show live or listen later on demand here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. As you know, we're talking with Lee Harris. His website is Lee Harris energy.com. And that's a website that you want to highlight. You want to go to, there's so many good things that you can get, you know, as we were talking earlier, you can listen to, um, his interview about his book, energy speaks, uh, you can get the book and there's a lot of other things. And definitely, uh, you want to watch that video of, you know, letting go of people pleasing. That's a 
big one that you want to give up and you don't have to wait till you're, you know, past 40 or 50 to do it. You can decide to, to do it right now. Well, Lee, with your, um, you do a lot of, um, of group dynamics, correct? And, uh, yes. when you, just so I understand it, cause I haven't, um, you haven't been here yet, but I'm holding that space that, um, that you, that you will, um, when you have um, hundreds of people coming together and you then enter into that space, is there like a, just a surrendering? And that is when you just begin to channel based upon intuitively what you feel would better serve the collective group of people that are there. Um, are you working with specific questions? I'm just curious of how that in a conceptual way, how that is. Yeah, and you you definitely sound like someone who does this <laughs> because yes, absolutely. Um, I that 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 has always been the experience for me. And I remember at the beginning, uh, the experience of just walking out to a group and knowing that you don't need anything prepared because as soon as you get out there and you see and feel that group, you will start speaking about the right thing for that group. So. Back in the early days, uh, 2007, when I did my first public, um, in fact, it was 2006 maybe, when I did my first public evenings uh, back in Brighton in England when I started, um, it was terrifying, you know, and I, I would go through all kinds of things. Now, whenever I have that fear slash excitement slash anticipatory energy, I always just remind myself that I don't need to know anything. I just need to walk out onto the stage and do my thing which involves listening. So it's like in order to speak, I must listen. And if I listen, I'll know what to say. And um, it, it's no different when I do, I do these free videos called energy updates every month. And they go on YouTube for free. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll never miss one. And they're about 20 minutes long. And in it, I tune into what the people who are going to watch the energy update need to hear that month and what themes might be hitting their lives. And that's probably we ha that's probably the biggest reach um, I have every month because it's online too. But we, we get several hundred thousand people who will tune in on those. So it's interesting to me. It doesn't really matter the number um, of people. It's just the process is trust that you will hear what you need to say for the good of that group and trust that you will say it the way it needs to be said today. So that trust process has taught me a lot over the years. And then I do actually answer questions online every month. Um, I do a 90-minute video broadcast for my members club, which is called The Portal. And um, I answer as many questions from my portal group as I can every month um, as well. And obviously, in-person events. This year we have, um, I'm doing um, a couple of in-person events in London and in Denver in June. Um, and then we do an annual seven-day retreat called Soul Magic, which usually takes place in Costa Rica, a place that we love called Blue Spirit. And that always takes place in October. And that's a seven-day deep dive intensive immersion with, um, with the people who choose to come. And um, that follows a similar process. It's like, what does this group need to go to the next level? And we will workshop that every day. And within that body of people that come, not only are they receiving information that shares about 
sexuality, loving money, uh, what relationship really is and, you know, how to have a more evolved relationship with yourself and others and those kind of things. Do, do you find that also people are learning how to open up to a place of doing some things like you do? Do they want to learn how to be an intuitive messenger? Yeah. Yeah, I have a really, um, I have a very large number of people who come to me who are healers, who are sensitives, who are authors. And I've actually had specific trainings um, for people. Um, I have an online course called Own Your Value, which is teaching healers and creatives about the entrepreneurial journey. So practical tips on how to put your work into the world but also equally important, how do you deal with it? You know, how do you deal with the ups and downs that we go through as we are taking that journey? Because as you know, Temple, it's, um, it, it takes a certain amount of courage and nerve and resolve and consistency to keep showing up in a, in, in a public role um, for people in that way. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I love that you said the key to, you know, what you're doing and what you're doing publicly is to listen and then speak. I mean, that's not just as an intuitive or an orator, uh, a public person, but that could be, uh, (laughs) that could alter uh, any perceived condition on our planet if we would listen um, first and then speak rather than all the speaking that goes on in the chatter and on a rare occasion, Oh, well, let me really listen and and feel this all the way through. I mean, that that's just a profound statement there. That's, um, that's some good medicine right there. What can I tell you? That's um, That's so valuable. And And it's funny that really overlaps for me with one of the messages that came through disease many, many years ago. And I've heard this from other people too. And I, absolutely believe the truth of it you know you can affect one person you can affect millions it doesn't really matter um we're all built for slightly different roles and i think sometimes because of the way we've been conditioned around things 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 like success success or popularity or um all of those things we can tend to forget that um it doesn't really matter whether you are raising your grandchild or whether you are Oprah Winfrey, you know, reaching millions and millions of people. Everybody's doing the same work. And so I think that your message that you just shared, it's the same principle in any area of life. You know, how much can we listen? Uh, and then we really will know what to say. So, yeah, I love that you frame it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, And that was one of the things that drew me to you is I I love your process. You know, so many, a number of people today as on the success ladder, you know, they do kind of the similar things and it all starts sounding alike. And I know they're different people, but it's basically they're, they're giving the same message. And, you know, my program today will be only 3,500, but it's always 7,900. And, but today you can get it for this. And they all learn that same model. And, um, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying, um, that I sit around and judge those things, 
But after a while, they just don't feel very original anymore, nor do they feel that they are, are that true because it's the same information that that's going out. And what I what I sense about you is a tremendous you're living in the spirit of giving. And that to me is where it's very authentic and it's very rich and it has a lot of depth. And so therefore you would attract you know, a lot of people like that as well. I was very curious with the, in your book, uh, the one that everyone wants to get, Energy Speaks, and going to your website, leeharrisenergy.com. I I love the chapter, Loving Money. And I <laughs> have been saying that for years, that, you know, money is like, children is like, would be like pets, uh, they go to where they know they're loved. And there's a there's a feeling and an energetic presence around that. Um, what do your, um, your Zs talk about as far as the loving of money? Well, you know, they talk about how emotional money is for all of us because it's wrapped up into survival and um, scarcity and fear of not having enough. And so they say that money is one of the most shadowy areas on the planet, and it doesn't need to be. So when they say it's one of the most shadowy areas, I mean, number one, what you have to just separate for a second is the money system itself. Because I'll hear many people go, well, the money system's not fair. And I don't disagree with that. But when you're in the money system, there is a way that you can be that can help you be more abundant. And I don't just mean having a million dollars in your bank account. I mean not feeling like you are a victim of money um, or that money has got a hold over you. Because I know some people who are super happy with you know enough money to live on. They trust there will always be enough and they're good. I know miserable multimillionaires. So um, one of the things that you you have to kind of come to terms with which that chapter really addresses is money is an emotional force on the planet how can you neutralize that for yourself and it's interesting i'm actually leading a brand new online course in june called abundance upshift because for me abundance has been a real journey over the last 20 years and i was raised with an accountant father Um, so i had a certain grounding in money um, but he also has a fear of money. You know, he's him and my mother, he's in his 80s now. So he, he, would, he grew up just after the war in England and during that period. So they didn't have much. And so I have to, you know, as I grow, I have to navigate my money imprints from my parents, and so do we all. So I've had to really notice when money becomes a fear for me. And it's interesting that, you know, I'm in a position now, I'm incredibly grateful that more money has come in for the work that I do, which means I get to employ people and pay people to do great creative work around the work we put out. Some of it people pay for, but much of it for free. And I just had this recent moment where I'm embarking on this new free video interview show. And um, I was looking at the budgets for it and how much it's going to cost me to put this out into the world. And um, and it's it's significant, you know, and I definitely I felt my father's energy in my body. And I was like, oh, I'm a little worried about this when I look at these numbers on the page. And then I just went back to my own body and my own energy field and felt 
the truth of my compulsion to do this show when I'm sat there at the moment recording the first shows, which I'm already doing, even though it won't be released until the summer, I feel so right about it. And I just trust that the energy of support will come. And that's how I've lived my life. It doesn't mean I have not had those little fears or those mental moments or those noticing emotions in my body that feel very constricted. But I've always challenged myself to push beyond. So the reason I wanted to do this course called Abundance Upshift is when the book came out, so many people were asking me about the chapters around abundance. And I realized, I think you have to look at it in two ways. There is the abundance of resources and things that we might want to move the needle on. So perhaps we've always had a problematic relationship with money. We're going to want to look at that and we're going to want to take away the problematic energy around money. But equally, can we be spiritually grateful and spiritually living from you know, divine abundance in our lives too? And that's, I've very much had uh, both journeys running at the same time in my life. You know, as a business owner and paying people's wages, I have to kind of keep my eye on that pot and be a little logical about it. But at the same time, I've driven everything I've done, including back at the beginning when, you know, it was just me, um, from faith and from trust. And so I wanted to do something that, that kind of focuses that. So that's the course. But in the book, there are three chapters. Uh, there is a chapter called Abundance. There is a chapter called Loving Money. And there is a chapter called The Art of Receiving. And I'll tell you, I was nervous to call that chapter Loving Money. I was like, oh, that's going to be a bit controversial because some people have real money wounds. And I understand that. But the Zs were insistent. They were like, nope, this has to be called Loving Money because people have to start seeing it that way. Otherwise, they're never going to move beyond. So, you know, I, as usual, I conceded. <laughs> and it is it is powerful. And it, I think it's, it's such a breakthrough when we're able to individuate um, our own experiences from our parents or our guardians or our grandparents or whomever, you know, we're the greatest influencers. And you're so right. We do carry some of that until eventually we can be free from it. And I, I'd love that they encourage you to, to call it loving money because it's um, there's such a, a disconnect about that. And it's like um, I've said before with, um, you know, people in our community that when we've talked about money, I said, if you if you aren't really into making money or you say you don't need to make any more money, then, you know, give it to me <laughs> because yeah. I mean, it, it takes, um, and what I mean by that is not necessarily me personally, but it, it, it takes, um, it takes money. It's energy and, and that's all it is. And if you're going to save a dog off the street, that's $125, $150 right there, you know, to get it to the vet and get it set up and work towards it and, and, and being, uh, working with nonprofits to really help and, and be a difference maker. Well, they like to have funds, you know, those kind of things, uh, cost. So it's, um, it is an interesting, uh, dynamic at times and, um, I'm glad you're talking about it. Well, you know, I'll just share this. This has been one of the keys for me with all my years. I did private sessions for 15 years and I stopped doing them last year because I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on group teaching at the moment. 
Um, but one of the biggest breakthroughs I would have with people who were struggling with abundance was when I got them to understand that if they allowed themselves to feel and experience more abundance, they would be benevolent and generous in ways that they would love. So, you know, uh, that was often the light bulb moment. You know, I'd have a lot of people going, oh, I don't know if I deserve abundance or, you know, I don't know why can I have abundance when there are other people struggling in the world. And I would always say, well, what do you think you're going to do with that excess money? You're going to use it. You know, if you're, unless you're very disconnected, you don't need to have millions of dollars in the bank. It's pointless. You know, nobody needs that money because it's just sitting there. But if you have excess money, whether it's extra hundreds or thousands or millions, you're going to use it for good, especially if you're a spiritually inclined person. So imagine being able to be the custodian of money. Now, I'm not saying this is for everybody because some people, they, they, they know their life is supposed to be a little smaller financially and that suits their purpose. But for others who would always be having an issue around deserving, that was the thing that I would impart the most that would light most people's eyes up and would suddenly those people would go from, oh, I don't deserve this to understanding, you know, I'd say, well, nobody deserves it. You know, people who are in poverty don't deserve to be in poverty. Now, I do believe there is a spiritual truth to what's going on in our lives, but none of us actually own money. We just get to be ambassadors of amounts of money. And like you said, you know, if I can afford to rescue a dog and pay the vet's bills, that's fantastic. Um, so there are so many different ways that we all use money as the resource that it is that um, I certainly, trust me, you know, if you'd have been talking to me 15 years ago, I, I felt embarrassed charging somebody $15 for a reading. But, you know, the truth is it was taking me 90 minutes. Um, I was doing a lot of them. I needed to pay my rent and gradually I learned to increase my price. But every time I increased my price, I felt I felt very bad about it. I didn't feel good, but I also knew it was important. And I look at today and the fact that I can pay 11 people well every month and they don't all work for me full time. Most of them are part time, but the fact I can pay them well and that we can put work out into the world that's freely helping people that, you know, our biggest thing each month, people do not pay a dime for. Um, and yet I spend quite a bit of money producing that material and other materials. That's fantastic to me. I love that. So I think, you know, you have to understand what would you do if you had more resources? Because it's not about you. It's not about you having more shoes or more, you know, that kind of stuff would get old very quickly. It's about allowing abundance through you to be generous. And again, that won't be true for everybody. Not everybody will want that. But I found that a light bulb goes off for people when they realize that they're not becoming more abundant for themselves. They're becoming more abundant for what they can give and, and what they can share in the world. That's so true. Where do you see you will continue to go? I also was reading that you are a musician and an artist. I mean, you're, yes. you're definitely committed to... Uh, creating all facets of yourself in this lifetime, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I seem to be a, yeah, I'm definitely a creative. That's the word that I, I identify with the most, really, being someone who creates things. Um, 
Yeah, you know, music we actually weave into the work, which has been great because I used to be a singer-songwriter, but what I found was bringing sound healing, bringing music and bringing songs into the work is is so healing for people. So um, I work very closely most of the time with Davor Bozik, who is a Slovenian musician, producer. Um, he used to be a, a, a kind of music star in Slovenia, and he then got heavily into composing and producing. And we're like brothers. We met in 2012 at a conference, and um, he works with me every month to create wonderful music to accompany the channels and we also create songs um we create songs that can accompany certain channels to help people integrate the message and the frequency so music's very much a part of our work yeah oh that is that is powerful i'm you'll you'll love this that um myron mckinley the music director of earth wind and fire is coming here to our campus and performing in june so we're real excited about that um, oh, but that's fabulous. Earth, wind, and fire are brilliant. Yes, well, you're just so spot on, though. It does. It makes such a difference, and it, it opens up the heart. You know, for many years, um, there's been the languaging of change your thinking and, you know, change your life. And I've always said that's a part of it, but change your energy and your life will change. Because mm, that's so true. a real powerful uh, component and so you will continue in the in the works that you're doing and um, with your work online and on YouTube as well as uh, public uh, programs and your uh, retreats that you do uh, all over the world is there another book coming I mean obviously this one just came out are you into making a film um, well, you know, the book, I, I, I'm thinking about new book ideas, but I might that might take a little longer. Um, yeah, the next thing I'm doing is my Abundance Upshift course in June. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the fall, um, we're, we're right now planning, I want to help entrepreneurs. I want to create a monthly community and coaching group for entrepreneurs. I've done a training before called Impact the World. Um, and I'll be bringing that back next year, probably to California in the spring. Um, but I want to reach entrepreneurs around the world who need help um, and support with what they're doing, both practically and, and emotionally. Because, again, that's probably been my biggest learning curve. You know, I didn't know anything about business when I started this work, and it was a steep <laughs> and painful learning curve at times. So um, if I can help other people put their work out into the world, that actually really lights me up, helping other creators take the plunge and figure out how to do things. So that's kind of my next plan. Yeah, but no, I I have no intention of retiring anytime soon. (laughs) I don't even know what that word means. You know, I can't imagine. (laughs) It's just, it's such an exciting time to be alive. I think it's like one of the richest times ever. Um, I, I feel that so much is going on uh, across our world that is so positive and so change-oriented. And I, I can't imagine anyone being down on, you know, how things are. Yes, I am aware, and I don't wear rose-colored glasses. And I, I know that we have so many areas that we we must improve um, the value of life and and not killing animals for no reason. And then, you know, in children, I mean, yes, we, we definitely have a lot uh, that we are, that lies ahead. But 
we also have seven and a half billion people on the planet uh, that are coexisting and we are waking up a bit and that's very encouraging i i think everything you just said and your energy of excitement for the future temple is so important because that puts you in the minority and that to me i am in complete agreement with you but so many of us can be hypnotized into only being in fear and any of us that are in fear or worry about the future or the present only we're not we're not bringing growth energy to the planet and so i love that you just said what you said i'm i'm in agreement with you and i don't think that has to make anybody pollyanna or um close their eyes to problems or suffering in the world because that exists but i i think what you just said nailed it 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 is an unprecedented time that we live in and the z's say that and um they constantly talk about innovation things we can't yet see that are already taking place behind the scenes and are in development that are going to help our world in the future so i love hearing you say that mm i i really feel that way and i um i get um a little disheartened and disappointed when i hear spiritual leaders um you know with gloom and doom and you know just joining the the forces of uh of shadow work because mm-hmm. um we are emerging and we are making significant progress and especially people that believe in uh, the law of affirmation you know <laughs> hello step yeah. one, you know watch what you're affirming <laughs> Well, we've been talking today, yeah. and I it's hard to believe that our time is up with Lee Harris. And you go to his website, leeharrisenergy.com. We love offering you these amazing gifted people on our planet, such as himself. Thank you for joining me at templehays.com, signing up for daily inspirations. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.